0: Hello, welcome to Praying the Word of God. My name is Tay and I'm here to pray through the Word of God with you. Once again, I hope this message finds you well. I pray you're in good spirits and ready to sit with me in this moment to give a little time towards seeking God's face through devotion and prayer. Today, I want to focus my attention on children under quarantine specifically those who may be at risk of some type of abuse or neglect. Now, we all know that children are among the most vulnerable people in the world, mainly because they lack the autonomy and the decision-making capacity to take care of or protect themselves from harm and danger. That's why children need people in their lives, whether it be grandparents, aunties and uncles, teachers mentors neighbors even pastors to check in on families and be a voice and an advocate for every child connected to them now children being quarantined is no different than children being at home during the holidays most children who are already at risk of child abuse you know a holiday break is a lot less holly for them because they're away from the safe havens such as the schools and the daycares and the after-school programs, you know, that shield them from those who impose harm on them. And I'm sure organizations nationwide will be reporting a spike in abuse cases because like the holidays, you know, this pandemic has become a time of heightened stress for many. And just like, During the holidays, kids who are at risk of being abused are now being isolated from others who normally protect them from the hostile parent or that relative or that family friend who keeps touching them inappropriately. Anytime there's increased stress in the home, there will almost always be an increase in the risk of abuse on children. You see, going to places like school and daycare and church and after school programs, these are all places that provide protection for children who are at risk. And the professionals in those places are often trained to detect children who might be mistreated. But with social distancing, that supervision and that protection is either gone or very limited right now. And i've made this a topic of discussion because of the additional stressors being placed on families you know from the interrupted school and work routines to the mass unemployment food insecurities illnesses and you know the whole uncertainty surrounding this pandemic because of everything the family is experiencing right now we know that a lot of parents and children are experiencing periods of frustration and irritability because they can't leave out and you know they're in each other's space all day long with very little places to reach out to all of this can bring on increased stress for families who's already experiencing the stress of work or lack of support in piling bills. Now, before I go on, I feel like I need to add that just because there is increased stress in the home does not mean that a child is in fact being abused. It just means that the likelihood of being abused increases, especially the younger the child is. But make no mistake about it, child abuse doesn't discriminate. Abuse can be seen throughout every socioeconomic background, every race, throughout every religion, and every community. It reaches from the pulpit to the pews. So I want us to keep that in mind when we pray. And while we're on the subject, I also want to dispel a myth that often is associated with children being abused, which is children who suffer abuse are not loved at home. And this is often not the case, and I think it's quite insensitive to make that judgment. And when we do that, we actually disregard the caregiver's need for help and almost treat them as if they're undeserving of help, which puts us, the witnesses, in a dangerous position ourselves. What we need to remember about this complex system is that most of the time, of course not all the time because there are some extreme gruesome cases, but most of the time resources and education is lacking somewhere in the family structure that makes children more vulnerable to abuse. For example, the lack of a safe support system, which can force a parent to leave their child in the hands of an abuser. Or lack of parenting skills that teach parents how to cope during tumultuous times or how to recognize that someone else may be harming their child. This is the reason why when Child Protective Services get involved with families, the child's safety is assessed first and foremost. If the child is in immediate danger and there are things getting in the way of child uh, children the child's basic needs, you know the child may be temporarily removed from the home to ensure safety. But services are immediately provided for the caregivers, which include, but aren't limited to, you know, skills that the parent needs in order for the child to be placed back into the home. And and that is the primary goal. And if the caregiver accepts the help and uses it to demonstrate that the child will be placed back in a safe and loving environment, then the child can be placed back into the home. And you know, I'm saying all of this because family dynamics can be very complex to work through and to understand across different cultures. That's why it's taken um, in a case-by-case situation. But because children are the most vulnerable in any situation, I want to give it the care and the attention and sensitivity it deserves and i want to provide resources and support to any caregiver who may be listening and you know this is why i really appreciate platforms like dr phil right now because i noticed that he's using his platform to give a lot of attention to children who are most at risk but he's also using a family dynamic approach that includes addressing the needs of the parents also and this is so vital. But what does scripture say about our obligation on this whole matter? Well, Matthew 18 and 6 says, Whoever causes a child to sin or stumble, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. Then a little further down, it basically says that temptation is inevitable, but great sorrow is coming to whomever causes another person to stumble. And there's another scripture in Ephesians 6 and 4 where it basically warns against provoking children to anger when wearying their children. Now, I believe these scriptures help us understand the huge responsibility we have as parents to raise our children with love protection and godly discipleship and anything outside of that can cause our children to stumble and child abuse whether it be physical verbal emotional psychological sexual neglect It can cause children to stumble and sin themselves. And without going into detail, we can look at many different research materials and see how any form of abuse can make a child more susceptible to repeat the same offense. Or develop debilitating issues such as anger and rage, distrust, depression, rage, fears, promiscuity, and even more. And this is how children stumble from the abuse taken on by those who abuse them. I think the responsibility of parenting is so huge that with all lowliness and humility, we should quickly reach out to give and to receive support that may help secure the safety of our children. The reason why I say give and receive is because just as much as it's the parents' responsibility to be willing to receive help and support, as a Christian community, it's our responsibility to offer support and guidance. And you know, several scriptures support our obligation to give and receive support from one another. Um, In Galatians 6 and 1, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful or keep watch over yourself or consider yourself so that you won't fall into the same temptation yourself. Now, I paraphrase some of that. Um, but in James chapter 5, verses 19 and 20, it says, My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their ways will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. And in Matthew 18 and 15 through 17, it says, If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you've won them over. But if they won't listen to you, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as if you would a pagan or a person separate from the faith. You know, how would you treat you know someone who's breaking the law, basically? You tell the authorities. A person who abuses a child is ensnared with sin. And it's the job of the parent or the guardian, to make sure our children don't fall subject to the abuse. And if so, it's our obligation, you know, to do what it takes to get our children away, even if it means reaching out for help. Because sometimes caregivers don't have what it takes to stop abuse from happening for whatever reason. And in these cases, it's our biblical responsibility as a community to step in and offer help to such children and families. So for this reason, I want to pray for children who are being exposed to abuse, children who are at risk of abuse, the caregivers who are at risk of causing harm, and those who are actually causing harm. And I want to pray for people connected to these children and families Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we lift up every child who may be under any form of distress right now, to every child who's in the care of an abuser and at risk, who don't have a voice or the ability to articulate what's happening to them. And we ask that you be their advocate. Though they are in the midst of trouble, your word tells us that you are able to preserve their lives. So we ask in the name of Jesus that you stretch out your hand against those who are inflicting harm on your children and that you shield these children from further damage. Lord, let your right hand deliver them. May the offenses That have been projected onto them, not cause them to stumble, but rescue them so that they may find hope and restoration in you. Father, I ask that you become a father to the fatherless, be a dwelling place for these precious babies, be a hiding place that preserves them from further trouble. Surround them with shouts of deliverance. Guard their hearts, minds, and bodies from every offense and form of abuse according to your word. Father, we pray for caregivers who are at risk of causing harm and those who are causing harm to the children in their care. Help them to see the error of their ways. Reveal to them how their actions, or lack thereof, is causing harm to the children in their care. Remind them of the great responsibility we have as guardians and caretakers to make sure every child in our care is safe and loved and in nurturing environments. And may this responsibility not be taken lightly. Father, we ask that you give every caretaker the help needed to provide what our children need. And with all humility and lowliness, help every parent receive the help you send their way. We also lift up parents who may have gone through abuse themselves. Remind them of how they felt when they were helpless children. Then empower them to not become the very people they despise. Father, heal them of every past wound and trauma bought about by the trespasses and sins of other people. Father, we also lift up the people in the communities connected to these children. Remind us of our biblical obligation to one another. If we suspect a child is at risk, with godly wisdom and humility, considering ourselves, help us to be your hands and feet and find ways of offering relief to the family. If we find someone inflicting harm on a child or putting them in at-risk situations, help us to bring restoration to the hurting, broken family by holding the adults accountable and remind them of their responsibility to the child by doing whatever it takes to ensure the child's safety, whether it's receiving services or removing the child to obtain help for themselves. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. You know, no parent is perfect. And that's why we need community to step in and help. And we need parents and caregivers to be willing to receive help. You know, needing help during this time is nothing to be ashamed of. Because every single person has needed some kind of guidance in this area. So I want parents to know that there is help during these times. You know, if you're a parent and you feel stressed, you know, take a beat. Pause. Call a friend. Call a pediatrician. You can send your child to a quiet corner while you cool off and so they can cool off. Take a walk outside. For infants that are uh, at home, just safely place them in a crib. Step away and draw deep breaths so you can cool off or go listen to some soft, soothing, instrumental music. Or you can call or text a helpline. There's no shame in asking for help. I can't say that enough, especially during times of unprecedented stresses. And for community members, you know, check in on families, especially families with children that you're connected to in any way. Let families and children know that you care. FaceTime the family and the children through Zoom, Marco Polo, Duo, WhatsApp. There are so many FaceTime apps out there. It it doesn't have to just be Apple or an iPhone or something like that. And you can also offer to stop at the grocery store and drop off some diapers and water and food, even snacks for the kids. You know, you may not feel comfortable going into the house but everyone can step outside and wave and have a conversation within distance. I know that anyone who has been abused or who has abused children can find hope and they can find healing and forgiveness in Jesus Christ. This lockdown actually puts us all in a position where we're now able to have time to deal with things that's been haunting us. And we can't do everything on our own. So talking to a pastor or a counselor or a trusted friend can be a good place to begin the journey. Of healing and wholeness so you can come out of this quarantine a new and better version of yourselves and for your children we may not be able to leave our homes right now and go many places but there are online therapists who's willing to make themselves available where parents can have a safe place to get support and empowerment And you know, I also found this amazing article by the Civil Society Forum, which is a global partnership to end violence against children. And currently, they have listed many different resources for parents to help cope during this pandemic. And on there, they provide healthy parenting tips to help parents get through crisis, and they have... uh, Let's see, I'm on the website right now. Uh, really different, really uh, many different resources for positive parenting. And um, let's see here. What to do to, to protect your children uh, during this p- pandemic. How to spot abuse and neglect. So many different resources um, provided here and the website is www.endviolence.org and that's www.endviolence.org I also have the link to this article posted on all my social media outlets. And you can email me if you want more resources. But this resource that I've found is very, very, very rich. And there are helplines and hotlines that they have on their website for hundreds of different countries so it's not just here in the U.S. it's nationwide resources uh, that you can call and reach out to if you're feeling overwhelmed and stressed and you need help and you need parenting tips and you just want someone to talk to and before I go I don't want to assume that everyone who tunes into this podcast has a relationship with Christ or has already received salvation through Jesus Christ. So for those who may be listening, but are not followers of Christ, and you're now ready to receive Jesus as your Lord and savior, or you're like the prodigal son, you used to consider yourself a follower, but you feel like you've fallen away from the truth, but you're just ready to come back home. Pray this with me. Dear God, I know that I am a sinner, And I ask for your forgiveness. Your word teaches that in order to be saved, we must confess our sins, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and receive him as our Lord and Savior. I may not fully know or understand what all this means, but all I know is that I'm ready to give my life and heart to something bigger and greater than me. So I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead i turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life i want to trust and follow you as my lord and savior help me to draw closer to you in every way while i'm on this journey called life in jesus name amen if you want to listen to more prayers They're available on the Make Me Good Ground YouTube channel and all major podcasting platforms. You can also listen on iTunes, Google, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Stitcher, entitled Praying the Word of God. If you know someone who will be encouraged by these prayers, simply share it. You can also follow me on Instagram at Praying the Word of God. And if you're someone who gave your life to Christ by praying the prayer of salvation with me today, email me at prayingthewordofgod2020 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your story. Thank you and take care.